0: So just before I get into today's episode of the VODcast, I want to share with you a website that I've been using as an alternative to renting furnished apartments on Airbnb and that is thebovo.com, I'm going to link them below in the description to this video. Now I love using Airbnb, don't get me wrong, um, so why would I go ahead and use an alternative? Well first of all, I'm a former competition lawyer, antitrust lawyer, so just like the idea that there's more competition in the marketplace. And often when I'm searching for furnished apartments here in Ukraine, I'm actually in Kiev, the capital right now, I just find that uh, by looking at the competition out the alternative, that sometimes is a little bit cheaper or there's a different apartment that I actually pre- would prefer to stay at that's not on Airbnb. And it's something that's used more maybe by Ukrainians than international travelers, because of course Airbnb is well-known internationally, but Dubovo is well-known here in Ukraine as an alternative. So I would encourage you and go and look at thebovo.com if you are going to rent a furnished apartment when you're traveling in Ukraine, uh, because then you get to see you know, other apartments and possibly for a cheaper price. Also, on top of everything, if you decide to use thebovo.com, be sure to use my special discount code. It's Connor, it's my name, it's my first name, C-O-N-O-R. Definitely go and type it in and you'll get 200 Friven off your first stay. So that's about, that'd be about six, seven euros, about eight or nine US dollars, roughly. Um, so go ahead, if you're gonna use the service, be sure to use that discount code and, and have a terrific stay here in Ukraine. So let's get into today's episode of the Vodcast. Right on the transition side, and pandemonium breaks out. The transistrians are like, okay guns out, out of the car, like, what the hell are you up to? Czar Experience Siem Priviét and welcome back to another episode of the Vodka Vodcast with me Connor Klein. This is the Czar Experience and today I, once again I'm speaking to you on an Indian summer's day in mid-October from Odessa, Ukraine shores of the Black Sea, you can see behind me the port of Odessa I want to give you a little bit of a look at that in today's uh, as a backdrop to today's episode of the the vodcast and if you're new to the channel go ahead and press that red subscribe button and make sure that you've whacked the notification bell beside it because that's actually how you get notified about new uploads uh, to the channel, to all channels so if you enjoy this content you're interested maybe in traveling to Eastern Europe maybe that's Ukraine Belarus Romania Moldova Russia the Baltic somewhere like that then make sure that you're subscribed and you hit the notification bell uh, so that you know that you're going to be notified when I upload especially the travel vlogs as you can see I'm wearing my shades because uh, it's um, it's 3 pm the sun is quite high and I wanted to shoot it now before I go and do other things Uh, so that's why I'm going to wear the shades today otherwise it'll just likely give me I'll be blind by the end of this this twenty minute video, if that's the case. So, getting into the substance in today's episode, I'm going to give you a little bit of a story time uh, podcast about when I went to, well, actually I was trying to come here to Odessa, but it ended up having to go through Transnistria. Now, if you don't know anything about the region, then probably you should go and just Google uh, Transnistria and read the Wikipedia page at least. So. It lies just to the north of here, it takes like a little bit over maybe it takes an hour and a half to get to its capital Tirispol uh, and Transnistria in Russian is put in Nostrovia. so maybe you've also heard that name if you speak Russian and basically it's a separatist unrecognized republic in Moldova so legally it's part of Moldova de jure it's not internationally recognized as being independent but de facto in effect it is dependent and it's basically supported by Russia and it fought a war um, the people there in the 90s to gain that uh, unrecognized independence and for the last it must be I guess at this stage probably over 20 years maybe it's even 20-25 years at this stage it has operated uh, de facto as an independent state now if you read online there are lots of horror stories about people going there and then the the soldiers uh, basically uh, pointing guns at you and um, demanding money, trying to start money off uh, off you. Now I've never had that experience and I've actually traveled there quite a lot. Uh, that's because uh, from Odessa to Chisinau, which is the capital of Moldova, the quickest route is actually to go through Transnistria. Uh, so that's why I've actually taken that route quite a lot. I also dated a girl very briefly from Tiraspol the capital, so I went there a couple of times to hang out with her. Uh, so I do have a good lot of experience. I've never had a bad experience and I did make my first ever travel vlog, really basic uh it's five years ago now uh, before I started making serious travel vlogs about a year back and it was shot on my own phone five at the time and the the quality is horrible but it will give you a little bit of an you know a taste of what it was like uh to go there when people really believed that you would get held up by gun because that's what we thought when we went there just a little travel vlog maybe give you a few little um a little bit of a taste what it's like uh to be actually in Transnistria uh I've have gone there with my camera but the weather was terrible and we're only there for like an afternoon so I didn't make a travel vlog yet of uh, Tiraspo but I will make a proper travel vlog from there probably um, probably it's going to be next year when you know we have this nice weather and I spend a week and commit to that but I will make uh, by the, by this time next year I will definitely have a travel vlog a modern travel vlog from there so it has this reputation as being a really odd and scary place um, that has been my experience but at the same time you're, you're entering a country that doesn't exist and that does entail certain certain differences and issues right so basically what happened is that I was with a bunch of my Italian friends and we were planning to spend New Year's Eve here in Odessa Mama um, because they also have kind of a spiritual and emotional connection to Odessa the city and actually we all met here first um, in Odessa and then we continued that friendship over the years and uh, we've actually hung out obviously in Italy and in other parts of Ukraine but a few years back it must have been about it's probably at least three years Maybe it's even four years ago now for New Year's Eve we decided that we would come to Odessa and we first of all we agreed to meet in Chisinau the capital of Moldova now I have made a travel vlog from Moldova from Chisinau so you can go and check that I will link it above also down in the description I'll put all the relevant links to go check that out if you're listening to this uh, not see, watching it on YouTube you're just listening on the podcast then I will all this in the show notes so go check that out and then you can have a look at what it's really like to, to go to Kisinau I have a great travel vlog from there you'll enjoy that one for sure and uh, so we went back in the good old days I would say from Moldova before everybody everyone young left this, the, the country um, to explain Moldovans today not only have visa free to travel in Schengen uh, in the, most of the EU uh, for six months a year they also nearly all have either Romanian or Russian passports that means that they can basically work and move, study, do whatever they want in the European Union or if they decide to have a Russian passport obviously they can go in and do the same in Russia uh, and that basically means no one really has to stay in Moldova so it is the poorest country in, in all of Europe but in reality no one really stays there so it's quite sad a lot there's a huge depopulation in the last few years but this was just on the cusp of that happening so there was good nightlife there in, in Chisinau I have fond memories maybe I'll even tell a story or two uh, on the broadcast from the good old days in, in Chisinau uh, what it was like to go there maybe five six seven years ago So we're there and we we go out and we party together for the weekend uh, or whatever days we were there it was holiday time and then we decide uh, well we had already decided we're going to come to Odessa Uh, we organized a taxi I called on the phone I was the only one in the group who spoke decent Russian Um, I do speak Italian uh, fluently so normally when my friends were Italian we speak maybe 95% of the time in Italian and maybe you know 5% of the time in English Uh, there's also quite a big character amongst the group Nico who speaks basically abruzzese which is not really italian it's not really a dialect it's like a separate language and that's that we'll try and feature him actually just for a comical effect uh, in next time I meet him here in Odessage in the summer and put him in because he's quite a character so he's also on the trip Uh, so we go to leave and I've called the taxi and it should be like uh, you know three to four hour journey including the border crossings that sometimes makes a little bit longer than expected to get to Odessa from Chisinau via uh, Tiraspol or actually going around Transnistria you don't actually have to uh, go through it in order to get here it is quicker in general but a lot of times you know buses just go around it uh, and then you just have one border crossing which is in the south of Moldova directly into Ukraine um, so we go to leave and actually the landlord who had rented me the apartment in, um, in Odessa or in Kishinev, he uh, actually looked at the weather outside when he came to take the keys and said like I, I think you should stay in Kishinev. this apartment is free you know for the next few days uh, you shouldn't go to Odessa look at this weather it's going to be terrible on the road it's going to take you, you know it's going to be probably dangerous to get there and I thought my first reaction was well he wants to rent me the apartment he has a little bit of a he obviously has the vested interest in having me stay here uh, so I was pretty dismissive. I was like no we've already booked accommodation in Odessa for the next few days we're going to go there and celebrate New Year's and we prefer to do that in Odessa than here so even if it takes a while and it's a long trip and the snow holds us up we don't really care so it's obviously December 30th this is day before New Year's Eve, and uh, the, it's snowing. I mean, this this region is pretty cold in the winter. This is not representative. This is an Indian summer, and uh, it's twenty one degrees or twenty two degrees Celsius today in mid October. But basically, by December, it will be minus something here, and it'll be really cold and probably snow everywhere. So that's that's the, the those are the weather conditions that we had setting out. We all hop into uh, our our car. We have the driver. Then there's Luigi up front and then maybe there's the two other guys Nico and uh, Matteo in the back I think that was it I think there was just the four of us and uh, we take off and we head towards the Moldovan-Ukrainian border so we're not going to go into Transnistria so we thought so we uh, are maybe about I think we went to a place called Kaushan, is that the name of it? Maybe something like that. And we had something to eat. We were pretty relaxed. Uh not so worried about the weather. It was snowing a little bit, but whatever. We actually stopped and had some food. Got back in the car and then somewhere near I believe the name of the place is maybe Stefan Voda, um it just had gotten dark, so and we suddenly come across three or four cars just stranded in the road, right? They're not moving. So we come along near Steffen Voda and there are like three or four cars just like kind of stranded. I mean, there are people still in them, but they're not moving anymore. And the road appears to be impossible at this point. And I was actually worried that that's it, we're going to be stuck in the middle of the Moldovan countryside for the night at least, because uh, I didn't think we could even turn around. like uh, Anyways, the, the, the taxi driver, uh, Gennady was his name, um, he managed to spin the car around and get us out so I was pretty relieved because I, mean, I had these visions of us sleeping in this car uh, overnight and uh, progressively getting colder <laughs> you know as the temperatures drop and he says that's it we're going back to Chisinau ported mission to uh, Odessa this weather is crazy road is closed I was like nah this is what we're gonna do let's go at least to Tiraspol, which is the capital of Transnistria. We have to go back up a little bit in the road. Then we can cross into Transnistria, go to the capital. If the road is closed at the border in the very south, uh, the border from Transnistria into Ukraine, fine. We will just turn around again and go back to Tiraspol and stay overnight at Gastinitsa Russia, which is uh, Hotel Russia, which is the main hotel in the city. Uh, at the, but at the time, by that president, he's no longer the current president, he was kind of ousted. Uh, in the meantime since we were there but at the time they had this president who owned the hotel who was obviously a businessman and um, that seemed to be for me the best course of action so rather than just starting back from point A where we'd taken off at least we would be you know an hour and a half down the road and then the idea was that then the next morning we just continue on with our trip so he agrees that he's not very happy but he agrees that he starts to call some friends they said oh maybe the road's blocked maybe it's not well I said we'll find out so We get to the Transnistrian Moldova proper border and of course we pass over from Moldova at the time I don't even think they wanted to recognize that there was a border there so we basically um, reached the Transnistrian border guards they call me out of the car, I chat to them I have to go because I'm the only one who speaks Russian in the group so I'm talking to the border guard, he's very friendly to me he's kind of looking at me a little bit baffled though and saying like why do you want to go to Odessa today, look at the weather, it's terrible uh, and I was like, yeah. If we don't make it to Odessa, we'll just um, we'll just stay in Tiraspol overnight. Um, and I think the issue. Another issue was that when you enter Tran- uh, Transnistria, uh, you are given a certain time by which you have to leave. Right. So you don't have to get a visa or anything, um, but they do insist that you leave by a certain time so I explained that that maybe we'd have to come back. So he wrote the time, whatever to make it convenient for us. No problems whatsoever. Get back in the car and we head uh, along to I guess it was Bender and then to. Um, to Tiraspol and then down to the border crossing so we get to the border crossing and of course it's already been night for a couple of hours it's probably uh, at this stage I don't know maybe six seven maybe it's a little bit later than that it felt around that kind of time and we get to the border now at the time because it's a few years ago there was a lot of tension between uh, Ukraine and um, Transnistria because Ukrainians were worried that maybe Russia would try to use Transnistria which it supports militarily and economically as another point of attack on this city on Odessa so on the Ukrainian side they had uh, a lot more uh, they had like uh, how would you describe they had like armored personnel carriers tanks uh, the border guards were all armed with I don't know if they were well, how you do describe the, the weapons they had but they were like maybe small machine guns uh, but it was definitely more militarized than it had been at the border previously where basically they would be unarmed uh, at least the border guards who you, who you meet but there was a lot more weaponry at this stage and obviously that also that's true on the Transnistrian side they also were requiring weapons the border guards um, so we exit so we have a piece of paper if I remember it was just a piece of paper and then we gave it back to the Transnistrians we cross over through the no man's land uh, onto the Ukrainian side there's a Ukrainian soldier who checks how many people are in the car they give you a little piece of paper then you go up and then you hand in your passports and do the immigration control to enter Ukraine so I hand over our passports I go up again because I'm the one who speaks Russian and there is a uh, woman border guard there and uh, she looks at me and she says uh, yeah I don't think it's such a good idea for you guys to uh, come tonight you're not going to get to Odessa Um, the road is blocked uh, you know seven eight kilometers down the road you know there's no village there there's no way for you to stay you'll basically have to turn around and come back here Uh, so it's really not worth your while coming in today tomorrow maybe the weather will be better and you can you can drive to Odessa Um, so I understand right there's no point in us continuing so I get back in the car with our passports we haven't been stamped I say right, that's it guys let's go back to Tiraspol uh, and we'll stay at night that was the plan B at least we're an hour and a half down the road that will save us that tomorrow and then the taxi driver can come in the morning pick us up uh, I guess Nitsaresi, our Hotel Russia um, has like a restaurant downstairs a nightclub even so we can have some su- uh, have some food some sushi and uh, probably smoke a shisha which is a hookah Uh, water pipe and uh, just relax and then have a few drinks and then tomorrow we can continue on our way and they will do the registration for us if we have any immigration issues with the transnistrians so everyone's in agreement with that we come back and um, we cross over out of the no-man's-land to Transnistria again right so we've previously entered Transnistria you know obviously in the north of the, the separatist enclave and then we're already exited at the south and suddenly we come back again now the Transitions were not very happy to see us, understandably, because there wasn't really anyone at the border and basically been just watching us go across, talk with the um, immigration, and then come back again. And they were like, basically, "What are you guys doing? right <laughs> You're back again. You just left. Uh, what are you doing?" And then I explained the situation. Hey, the Ukrainian soil is actually closed in seven kilometers. You know, we have to go back. We're going to go to Hotel Russia and we're just going to sleep there tonight. Uh, and they were like, "Okay, that's fine. We'll let you back in." So they give us a new sheet of paper, a sheet of paper, and they process our immigration all the passports again and uh, then our taxi driver so we clear immigration then our taxi driver goes and he says he needs to buy some cigarettes or something Going to shop maybe something to drink and uh, he suddenly uh, is gone for like 10 minutes so 10 minutes later uh, Gennady comes back and he has a eureka moment so he's met another taxi driver this other taxi driver has convinced him that we can actually get all the way to Odessa and it's not true that the the road is blocked seven kilometers ahead. Um, So after a little bit of discussion. He was so convinced. He said yeah we can definitely make it. I was like okay well if we can make it we can make it. I don't care what time we arrive tonight. Um, At this stage it's probably you know mid-evening so it's probably eight o'clock or something. So we think okay we'll still be there for 10 or 11. It's better to get there tonight. We have our accommodation there. Just like not have to travel tomorrow. We can relax a little bit, sleep in and go for New Year's Eve." so we we turn around so basically we've only driven like 20 meters back into Transnistria. we just turn around and then we hand back in our slips of paper and our passports to the immigration officials to the border guards on the Transnistrian side and they're all looking at us like what? what I thought you guys were back here for good uh, at least to spend the night and I was like yeah but now this trick service comes we can actually make it all the way the Ukrainian border guards are not telling us the truth so fine whatever here's the slips of paper back and we'll be gone um, they take the passports, look at them, take the slips of paper, hand them back to us. They're like, okay, this bye-bye. So we drive back across through the Man's land and we're on the other side, uh, same protocol again. border guard greets us in the No-man, just on the other side no man's land counts number of people gives us a slip of paper we get to the border officials and they've actually changed teams in the whatever 20 minutes we have been gone back into transition for so this time there's just there, there's just these huge guys there actually I remember there's one guy in particular he's massive massive reminds me of the story is telling you about when I first first moments I came to Ukraine I had this issue about being accused of being a Russian spy that's in episode 9 part 1 of the f- podcast so if you haven't seen that one go back and watch that it's quite entertaining and there was also a huge border guard a guy with a huge neck but this guy was even bigger I remember uh, and he was oh, I remember kind of in the window down because I had to listen when we had to speak in Russian and all I hear him say is like why do these guys really want to go all the way to Odessa today I wonder uh, so I thought okay that doesn't sound so so good that doesn't sound so friendly so maybe about two minutes later uh, once we're given our passports and actually try to come into Ukraine again this guy kind of says who speaks Russian I said it's me I speak Russian he says okay let's go uh, let's go and have a chat basically so he starts walking me and away from the actual immigration booths so I thought this is odd and basically walk around the side of the uh, border post and then there's an office he opens the door Bids me uh, into the into the office so I walk in it's like some dingy off the border office you can imagine in uh, you know <laughs> a border crossing between Moldova and Ukraine what a border office looks like so it's quite small um, and um, at least it was warm because <laughs> it's very cold outside so basically he asked me to sit down I sit down um, he sits down on the table uh, in front of me he's like this huge mountain of a man and uh, he's wearing obviously his border guard uniform his military fatigues in fact uh, for the army and uh, he starts looking through my passport he's like Conor I was like yeah uh, that's me and uh, looks at my nationality he says Yelansky yeah yeah uh, goes through everything oh you've been to Ukraine quite a lot you must like our country Uh, looking at the number of border stamps I had of course Um, and I was like yeah sure I love Ukraine it's like my favorite place to hang out and uh, he says okay tell me why would you come to Odessa now with this kind of weather? They explain we have of course this accommodation we love Odessa <clears throat> we love Odessa it's a, a very emotional spiritual place for me and my friends because we met there we want to go and enjoy New Year's Eve and just have a great time and tomorrow is uh, New Year's so that's basically the reason why we're going in this weather all the way to Odessa and uh, he kind of nods his head and he says listen Of course, you're welcome to come back to my country with pleasure as every other time, but listen, this is what's going to happen if you come in. You're going to drive seven kilometers. The road is going to be blocked with snow, you're not going to be able to drive around it. There are no houses, there's no village, nowhere you could knock on a door and ask to spend the night. Maybe, maybe you're going to be able to turn the car around and come back to us here maybe you're not going to be able to turn around maybe you're going to be trapped there like there are a lot of other cars that are abandoned on the road and then what are you going to do? you're going to have to sleep in your car overnight and then tomorrow we will come or some Ukrainian officials will come workers and maybe they can get your car so it's up to you I would suggest that you turn around you go back to Moldova and you spend the night there and then tomorrow come back if the weather is better so I reflect on this because it's obviously a crazy situation I've already come in, left, come in again um, And this guy definitely has my best interest He seems very sincere, uh, this border guard So I'm like, all right, if this big guy is telling me not to come in We're not coming in because obviously this is a waste of our time We're just going to get have these problems um, With respect to uh, the weather We're probably going to be trapped in our car Like we almost were previously near Steffen Voda. Um, so I say, okay, that's it, fine Cool, give us a pass break, we'll go back to Transnistria. Sounds easy, right? We turn around, <laughs> repeat what we've done the last time, through the no-man's-line between, that separates Ukraine and Transnistria, arrive on the Transnistrian side, and pandemonium breaks out. The Transnistrians are like, okay, guns out, <laughs> out of the car, basically me, always me, of course, because I speak Russian, to <laughs> the side, open up the uh, the boots, the. the 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 trunk of the car start searching through things with their guns like basically poking at stuff or I open everything up what the hell are you guys up to you've already left this country twice and now you're back again Uh, like we watched you you went into this office with the Ukrainian um, border guards with the soldiers like what are you doing what are you transporting like so basically they were concerned that I was transporting uh, probably some maybe a bomb or something back to uh, Transnistria because there's a lot of tension between the two sides and maybe they thought that there would be some sort of like bombing and that I was orchestrating it um, but if I was going to do that I don't think I'd make it so obvious to be honest <laughs> I wouldn't be a very good uh, spy if that's what I was doing or a, whatever an intelligence officer or terrorist or whatever so it was extremely stressful because at this age I'm so tired basically I hadn't slept night from all the partying in Chisinau And then it's obviously getting late. I've been speaking in Italian all day, uh, and then now I gotta speak in Russian. So just my brain is really, really starting to suffer. Uh, And I'm like, no, we don't have any of these things. Of course, they're asking me, do we have guns, Um, some sort of. Um, explosive material, drugs, something like they're searching through all my stuff uh, frantically but keep kind of indiscriminately waving their guns like this around which isn't you know doesn't make me feel the most comfortable Um, they weren't threatening to shoot me or something but uh, you know I was kind of starting to get worried that in their agitation they would accidentally let the gun off and then that would be the end of end of me here on the Transnistrian-Ukrainian border so eventually I got them to calm down a little bit Uh, I explained yeah we went back again they told us no you really can't and they were like are you stupid (laughs) that's what you said last time so they sent me to see the head of the border security in Transnistria I was at the border so I go into this office with the guy and he's just like okay i am been watching you all evening you've come into the country you've left you come back in you've left now you want to come back again like what the hell are you up to i just explain, give a recap of everything obviously this is all in Russian and uh, he asked me what I do for a living I say I'm a lawyer my friends are also lawyers which is true some of them are lawyers as well who are in the car and um, yeah we just really want to party in um, Odessa but it, now we accept that that's it we've got to spend the night in Tiraspol we're going to go to Hotel uh, Russia in, the, in uh, Tiraspol which was the hotel of the current president and uh, in the end he's like okay you can come back into the country on one condition I do not see you back at this border post until tomorrow morning at the earliest because if you come back again tonight you're leaving the country and you're not coming back again ever <laughs> so I was like okay that sounds cool that's the end of any other dis- debate or options we are not coming back to this border post again this evening so Gives back the passports, we go to Tiraspol, we stay in the hotel, we eat sushi, we smoke shisha, um, some hookah there and uh, actually had a nice time, We actually had a nice meal, hung out even though we were so tired from the trip and all this kind of back and forth and the stress in the back of the car, sleep there overnight, next morning get up, text drivers there pretty early, didn't really sleep a huge amount and we head back to the border to leave and make it to Odessa for New Year's Eve, hopefully, so we get to the border there's a huge crew of people now to get across it takes us an hour or something we drive seven kilometers into Ukraine and lo and behold, what do we find? Probably between 50 to 70 abandoned cars in the snow so the whole the whole road was completely snow, uh, covered in snow and they actually have plowed out one lane and then a little bit when they couldn't move a car made you turn a little bit and then go down the next lane and like this zigzag basically with their um, snow plows uh, the Ukrainians uh, that morning to at least let us be able to travel along took us about two hours or something to get to the edge of Odessa that stage the, it was almost undrivable in Odessa they didn't have things very well managed for snow obviously and the weather conditions so basically we had to get another taxi come out and pick us up I remember it was almost 5 p.m. this taxi driver came It was near sunset and it took us like I think another four five six hours to just go the last few kilometers into the center of Odessa get to our accommodation um, yeah the whole trip instead of being a three-hour trip turned into uh, basically a 36-hour expedition to get there we did get there um, in time for New Year's we did celebrate it I don't remember very much because the food didn't come <laughs> and I drank a lot of champagne and I was so wrecked it uh, kind of like spoiled a little bit my my New Year's celebration but at the end of the day we did achieve our mission we did make it um, so that's the time that the Transnistrians thought that we were transporting some of our potential terrorists and spies I did tell you that the Ukrainians once directly accused me of being a spy the first time I came to Ukraine and that's the story of how we went to Transnistria and we went three times in one day and almost got thrown well almost got banned from that country as well what can you learn from this? that's why I tell these stories. This should be not just something that entertains you, but also inspires you, something a message for you to learn. Uh, definitely, I think the key here has been able to speak Russian. Uh, I hear so many people tell me who've traveled in the region that they went to Transnistria, they had to pay the border guards money. I've never paid them money under any circumstances. I don't encourage you to ever pay a border guards money. Uh, basically, they don't have a reason to do to, that. You should have to pay them money in, in general. Um, so the fact that I spoke Russian made a huge difference being able to communicate in that situation when it was really stressful and just be able to uh, have that back you know that conversation with the head of uh, Ukra- uh, Transnistrian um, obviously border control and on the other side with the Ukrainians and actually get all the information because the English language skills are very low in this region so don't expect a uh, high level of English and be able to do things in English so in this region, speaking at least some Russian uh, makes a big difference. You don't have to be fluent, don't think you have to speak, you know, amazing Russian, spend 10 years learning in order to be able to reap the benefits. Just learning it for a few weeks is enough to give you that big boost, that big initial start. Um, if you're more interested in of course traveling to the region, you can write me a message, uh conor klein at or DM me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Zara Experience, gonna link all that below. And also I'll be starting some Russian language uh, projects I do have my general language course down there um, and you have a free course of course you can check all that out in the links in the description to the video but also I'm going to be starting soon a Russian academy uh, to help you guys learn Russian and also help you with those first initial steps that you get a huge boost for your holiday right when you come to this region you don't have to spend you know you just if you spend a month month or two maximum before your trip just a little bit every day then you can reach that in, that initial. Level that's going to give you the biggest boost. It's like going to the gym. You probably understand the gym. Like, if you've ever worked on the gym, like the first few weeks you go, the first month or two, you get a huge boost. You see your biceps bullish because just from going from zero to that just initial stage, you get this huge boost and it really gives you a lot of confidence and motivation. Then you hit this kind of plateau. And uh, I'm going to go into another video like I have in previous uh, episodes of the podcast where I show that actually the intermediate physical language actually takes a little bit of a dip before you get that huge spike at the end. But just spending those first initial months learning language you're going to get the most value per time that you invest Uh, so I really encourage you to go down and check out the links below uh, the video and get on my programs about how you're going to be able to achieve that it's really going to help you out so that's the end of today's episode Uh, the sun is starting to not quite set but uh, it's kind of going out of my eyes finally Uh, I'm going to enjoy another beautiful evening apparently it's going to be like this for another four or five days so I'm not leaving Odessa until I have Uh, basically used up all that good weather for filming that's possible I'm going to have probably this stage you've probably already seen the summer vlog because I'm recording these podcast episodes ahead of time but definitely go and check those out I'll also link them below in the description Um, if you're not a subscriber of course already subscribed but you got the end of this video so you've probably done that just make sure that you tickle that notification bell so I wish you a very good afternoon evening morning whatever time zone you're in when you're watching this and we will Talk soon in the next video. Maybe it's going to be next week's podcast episode. Maybe you'll watch the Tip Thursday on Thursday or maybe you'll watch the other videos that come in between this. Disvidaniya, Dopabachna. See you in the next one. Sar experience.